Blog Talk Radio. BlogTalkRadio.com. Word of Life is based on John 10.10, where Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. We're your co-hosts here. I am Renetta, coming to you from Gladwin, and my co-host Ella is here, coming to you from Kalamazoo, Michigan. We would like for you to contact us by emailing your comments, prayer requests, or questions to WordAlive612 at gmail.com. And that's a capital W. You can also contact us by following us on Twitter at WordAliveNow. You can listen to us 24-7 here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash WordAlive. All of our archives are available on demand or by downloading our podcast WordAlive at uh, iTunes and on your Android phone by downloading the uh, Blog Talk Radio app and listening to Word Alive on your phone. We're so glad that each and every one of you were able to join us tonight. We invite you to call a friend and have them to tune in and listen to the message as well, listen to the broadcast as well. Um, Word Alive is on each Saturday night at 11 p.m. You can call in and participate live by dialing 646 646- Three seven eight zero five three eight, and if you are online listening, uh, scroll down to the bottom and join us in the chat room. God bless and enjoy. Hello, this is Vinetta here at Word Alive. Today is December the twelfth. We are so glad that you join us tonight. Right now, I'm waiting for our co-host, Ella, to join us. She hasn't called in yet. And so we'll get right into the lesson tonight when she calls in. But uh, she's been talking over the last few weeks about consecration. Get into the place where we are living a consecrated life unto God. A life that is set apart. For God's purpose. And there are definitely benefits to living a life that is consecrated to God, a life that is set apart for God's purpose. When we live a life that's dedicated to God, we live a life with an intimate relationship, one on one relationship directly with God. We communicate directly with God. And you know, when When we get saved, when we get born again, when we hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to either believe the gospel or reject it. So the gospel is that 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God would that none perish, that we all come to believe, and that we all could receive eternal life. Jesus also came that you might have life and that more abundantly. And so because uh, God loved us so much, he gave his only son, his only begotten son, who is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ gave his life as a man on earth. He gave his life. He died and he sacrificed his life for us in our place. The Bible lets us know that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. But we have to make a choice. And the choice that we all make either determines our end to be the wages of sin, death, or the gift of God, eternal life. So we get to live forever with God or we get to die an eternal death uh, with, the, with the enemy, Satan. And... The way that Jesus transfers this to us is he gave his only own life. He was crucified for us on the cross. They nailed him to the cross and he gave up his life to pay the penalty of death for us. Because the penalty of death is, uh, to, I'm sorry, the penalty of sin is death. See, we were all born and shaped in sin and iniquity because of Adam's disobedience to God when God told him not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But Adam disobeyed and he ate of the tree. And because of that disobedience, we are we were all born in sin and shaping into iniquity. So when we were born into the world, we were born disconnected from God, separated from God. But when we become to when we come to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, we get reconnected to God. It's also called the message of reconciliation because it reconciles us or brings us back together with God, brings us back to that place where we can have one-on-one fellowship with God. So now I can pray directly to God. I don't have to go to a priest. I don't have to confess to the priest that I've sinned. The priest don't have to make a sacrifice to cover my sins. The sacrifice to cover my sin has already been made. And according to the word of God, If I find myself committing a sin, all I have to do is confess my sin to God, and he is just and faithful to forgive all of my iniquity. And it keeps me in right standing with God. So because of what Jesus did and because I believe this, I am now covered with his blood. So when the Father looks down from heaven and sees me, instead of him seeing a wretched man undone, someone... um, that's full of sin, he doesn't see that. He sees someone covered with his son's blood. And he knows that I belong to him and he belongs to me. And he abides with me. And I can talk to him and listen to him talking back to me. And he speaks to us mostly through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was sent to lead us and guide us into all truth. And if we are yielded to the Holy Spirit, one thing that the Holy Spirit does is help build our relationship with God. And so God communes with us by way of the Holy Spirit. He lets us know when he wants our attention. He lets us know when he wants us to do something for the kingdom or something for another human being. 
and he just kind of directs us through the course of our life, through our walk with him. So now we're living a life. Uh, now we are living a life. Excuse me. This is my, uh, excuse me for a minute. This is our uh, other co-host. All right, Ella would be with us in a minute. Uh, but uh, let me see if I can get back to where I was. So, um, yeah, the Holy Spirit directs our journey with God because, let's face it, when we get saved, we don't know anything about God. We don't know anything about salvation. Uh, we don't know anything about his son, Jesus Christ. So we're stepping into a whole new world, so to speak. We don't know anything about it, but if we are attentive and if we commune with God and communion with God is talking to him, we call it prayer, praying and praying is communing with God. Praying is having a conversation with God and we can have a conversation with God, just blessing him with our love and our adoration to him, blessing him with our thanksgiving for what he's done for us, for bringing us salvation, for saving our souls and for imparting the Holy spirit into us. We can have a conversation with God because we're troubled about something or we're struggling or we're going through something and we need his help. We can have uh, a conversation with God because we need him to do something for us. We have a need and we want to take our need before him because he also lets us know that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Now, I'm not saying God's going to give you everything that you want. I'm not saying that you got saved last week. And you live in this neighborhood, and now a week later, you want God to move you to another neighborhood, and you think you can just ask him to do it, and he's going to do it just like that, just because you're saved. It doesn't quite work like that. However, as we continue on our journey with God, we get to learn God. We get to learn about his character. We get to learn about his love toward us, and that he really wants to give us everything that we really want according to his will and purpose and see according to God's will and purpose uh, God knows mm, what's going to benefit our life and God knows what would be a detriment to our life at any point in time in our life and so that's why it's imperative that we learn to pray to him according to his will so you may ask well if I just got saved and I don't know anything about God and I don't know anything about Jesus and I don't know anything about his character or his word, how do I find out his will? I'm glad you asked that. You find out his will by reading the word of God. Well, hello, Ella. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Sorry about the technical difficulties I had. Oh, that's okay. How are you doing tonight? Wonderful, wonderful. Good, good. I was just kind of talking tonight about uh, how we begin our walk with God and uh, oh. was uh, going to get us to the point of how we get to the place of cons- consecration. But I was talking about how, you know, when we first get saved, we don't really know anything about God. And so in order to learn about God, we have to start taking steps in that direction. And one of the first steps we can take is reading the word of God. If you want to know anything about God, read the word of God, because when we read the word of God, we find out about what God's will for us really is. We find out what the promises of God is. 
find out the character of God, the nature of God, his personality. We find out that God loves us and how much he loves us and how he proves his love toward us. You know, God is not uh, an entity just that says over and over, I love you, I love you, I love you. No, he says I love you, but he proves his love toward us through action and through what he's already done for us. And so, and another way we learn about God is through prayer, through talking to him and communion with him, as I talked a little bit about prayer earlier. And when mm-hmm. we spend time in prayer with God, we have to make sure that we give God a chance to speak back to us. And at first, we may not understand uh, how God speaks to us. We may not recognize, oh, God is talking to me right now. Oh, God, oh, that was God. We may not recognize the Holy Spirit uh, uh, telling us something or uh, putting a desire within us to carry out or uh, sort of uh, urging us in a certain direction or warning us to not go in a certain direction. But as you continue your walk with God and you intentionally, you intentionally commune with him and you intentionally seek to hear from him, he is not going to withhold himself from you. That's one of the things he wants more than anything is that you know him, you know his direction. The word of God tells us that a sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. So how do you learn anybody's voice? By spending time with them. By spending time with them. And so as we spend time Praying to God, talking to God, praising God, thanking him, thanking him, thanking him, thanking him, pouring out your adoration on him, letting him know how you feel about him. That's communing with him, and he loves that. He will He will have fellowship with you in that place because he loves you to pour your heart out unto him. He, he loves for you to make known to him your love toward him, and he loves to make known to you his love toward you. So during these times of loving on him and fellowshipping with him, he's going to fellowship with you. We call them times of fellowship. Oh my goodness. That's that's my favorite times in the world is times of fellowshipping with God. There's no place I'd rather be than in that place where I'm communing with him. We call it being in the presence of God. You know, when you're in the presence of somebody, you have their attention and they have your attention. When I sit down with my friend Ella and we come together and we fellowship with one another, we, we're paying attention to each other, to what each other is saying, to what's been going on in each other's life. We fellowship on the phone most of the time because she lives in one city and I live in another city. And so a lot of times we're fellowshipping over the phones and we're uh, talking to each other about the goodness of the Lord or we're sharing something that God shared with us about his word, some revelation he gave us about his word. Or or something that we heard somebody else talking about the word of God or somebody's testimony or we're sharing our testimonies with each other. These are called times of fellowship. And so we spend time in, in fellowship and it nourishes one another. Well, when you spend time in fellowship with God, that's the most nourishing time of your life. Amen. Because uh, as you as you pour out to him, he begins to pour into you. And not only does he pour into you, but he begins to make he begins to make known things about you to yourself. Oh yeah, and, and that's a, woo, that's awesome. 
Yeah, you I'm can sorry. jump in whenever you want to, Ella. That's fine. If you have something to say, just let me know. I got something there, sister. <laughs> and so during these times, um, we're getting to know him. We're developing a relationship with him. And we believe it or not, you're learning to be consecrated to him. And so consecration is when you turn your focus on something more deeply or more strongly. So uh, if I buy uh, consecrated um, detergent, it's more strongly the detergent and less water added to it. (laughs) And so as I become consecrated to God, I actually become more... more, I, it's, I'm becoming more of God and less of me, or I'm becoming more aware of God and less aware of my flesh and what my flesh wants. I become less in tune with the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those things yeah. become less important to me. They become less a part of my life. As I become consecrated, I become more filled up with God and less filled up with the natural renetter. Ella becomes more filled with the things of God, more focused on the things of God, and less in tune with the things of the flesh of Ella. And this is called Mm -hmm. consecration. And so the scripture tells us that God sanctifies us unto himself. He sets us apart for himself, for his purpose, for his use, for the kingdom of God. And so um, we become more focused on the heart of God. We become yes. more focused on the things that God have a passion for, the things that touch his heart. And so you may say, well, what things touches God's heart? What was something touch God's heart? What touched God's heart is the things that he cares about, uh, the things that um, he wants to take care of in the earth. And we are his chosen vessels and as we yield ourselves to him, we become focused on those same things that he wants to take care of in the earth. And God actually operates in us and through our own lives to take care of those things. It's his power that's working through us. He gives us the provision. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then we begin to become concerned about things in the earth that God is concerned about. Amen. And so we know... Yeah, we know that God is concerned about the orphans, those that are fatherless, and especially those that are fatherless and motherless. He be, he's uh, very concerned about the poor, those that don't have anything to eat, don't have anything to drink. He uh, is especially concerned about, believe it or not, those that are in prison. <laughs> those that we want to throw away and we want to forget about. Those are the ones that God cares about. And when you get in tune with God and you get focused on him and you get to that intimate place with him and you begin to be consecrated to God, you begin to be filled with those same passions where you have a desire to help people. You have a desire to... uh, to give to the poor, to take care of the poor. When you see someone in need, you want you don't want to just pray for them, but you see God, well, God, what can I do for them? How can I help them? 
Amen. And these things get birthed in us from God because these things are his heart. Jesus said when uh, when we give water to the thirsty, we are giving water to him. When we clothe the, the those that don't have clothes, we are clothing him. When we visit the those that are in prison, we are visiting him. Amen. How much they care about what we call the disenfranchised of the world. Mm-hmm. People that other people may look down on and may frown on and may walk a little faster when they walk past them on the sidewalk or uh, turn the other way when we stop at the corner and they walk up to the car uh, uh, for a handout. But these are the people that God cares about. And probably one reason why he cares about them is because so many of us don't care about them. Ooh, you know, God. so many of us don't pay attention to the orphans because they, they're they put away in homes that we don't even see. I don't even know what an orphanage looks like because they don't sit on Main Street. No, they don't. No, they don't. They they don't sit on top of the hill where they can't be hid. That's not where they are. They're in places where we forget about them. Their parents, some parents have forgotten about them. Some parents die. Some children are in orphans uh-huh. because their parents died and there was nobody to take care of them. Maybe uh, their, their parents were the last family members. And so there was nobody to step up to the plate and take care of them. Some of them is because their parents are too sick to take care of them. They may be too sick mentally. They may be too sick physically. And they can't take care of them. Some of them are, um, they have mental issues or they have other problems that uh, keeps them from being able to properly take care of their children. So they are in orphans, orphanages. But when you get into a deep relationship with God, one of these groups of people are going to be start becoming your focus. Amen. When, you, Amen. when you live that consecrated life, he's going to birth something in you that gives you a desire to help somebody else in need. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, give, ma'am. Give, yes, ma'am. It gives you a desire to want to see other people delivered, other people healed, other people living a victorious life. Glory to God. Jesus came that we might, this is our key scripture for this broadcast, Word of Life. Jesus came that we might have life and that more abundantly. That we might have life and that more abundantly. I believe we're supposed to have life till it's overflowing. Until we we, we, have, have the ability to bless other people. I don't believe God's going to give you a desire to help other people, but not the means to help them. Amen. 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 And, you know, sometimes you may start out small. I mean, you may be at the point in your life where the only way you can help somebody else is by bowing your knee and, and praying for them. That's all right. That's okay. The The prayer is needed. The person you may be praying for may not be able to pray for themselves or may not Come know that now. there is a God that even cares about Glory them. to God. Glory to God. My Lord, my sheep know my voice. So, yes, if that's the only thing you can do, what I'm saying is don't feel bad because that's the only thing you can do. 
Right do now, what right you now. can do right now. Pray. If that's the only means you have to help somebody else, by all means, pray. Amen. There, so much prayer is needed in this world today because there's so much going on. It's, you know, you come back from one dilemma and you pick up your phone and there's another dilemma waiting for another prayer. Honest to God. That's how imperative it is. That's how imperative it is that you pray. We need to pray. We need to Man, uh, pray uh, always and not faint. Always, always pray. When you hear the news, don't faint over it. Cry out to God over it. Don't give up over it. Cry out to God Amen. over it. Don't lose faith over it. Cry out to God over it. Hallelujah. Coming into oh, agreement to the God. word of God concerning that situation or that person. What Amen. does the word of God say? I'm believing God right now for a miracle, for a miracle for my great niece. I have a great niece and her name is Penelope. And if anybody that's hearing me, that hears this broadcast, know how to pray. Know how to touch the hem of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Call Penelope's name in prayer. And begin to praise God for her miracle. She needs a miracle tonight. She will be two weeks old tomorrow. She was due to be born January the 3rd. But she was born, she had an emergency birth two weeks uh, ago from tomorrow. But you know what? God loves Penelope. She would have not been born unless God would have given her life. And God have a purpose and a reason for Penelope being in this world. And I believe with all of my heart that she will fulfill that purpose. She's going to fulfill that purpose. So believe with me. And just all we got to do is just agree with God. God, we agree with you for your purpose for Penelope. We believe that you have a plan for Penelope Ruth Roberts. We believe you have a plan for Penelope. And we just want to hold hands with you, God. And we want to touch and agree with you for the life of Penelope. That your purpose for her birth. The purpose for her life is completely fulfilled, Father God. We ask you for a miracle for her. We believe that you are able because there's nothing too hard for you. We are standing with her family for that miracle, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As when Jesus passed the man who was laying by the pool of Bethesda, he says, uh, he asked the man a question. Did he say, what wills thy? He was asking the man, what what do you want? Mm -hmm. And the man began to tell him his dilemma, how he couldn't make it to the pool on time. Nobody was there to help him. No, because nobody was there to help him. But uh, it was the Lord's will to heal this man. Even though he didn't make it to the pool, it was still God's will that he be healed. And so, Father God, I pray that it is your will for Penelope to receive your miracle, a miracle that will give her life and that will enable her to live a full life on this earth, enable her to be raised by her parents 
under your leadings and your guidance, under your watchful eye. Hallelujah. Enable her to bring many smiles to her grandparents and her great-grandparents. Glory, hallelujah. The, oh, enable her to bring many smiles to the siblings that she will help in the future, to all of her cousins and, and all of her aunties and all of her uncles, oh God. She's from a very large family. She has many <laughs> aunties and uncles on both sides of her family. Glory to God. Many great uncles and aunties, many cousins. We have a very large family. Hallelujah. To just bring us many smiles over the years to come. That's what I'm believing God for. Hallelujah. Father, I pray and hope that is your will as well. Yeah. Thank you. We thank you for your your comfort to the parents. We thank you for your peace and your comfort to the entire family. We thank you for building our faith to believe the impossible because there's nothing impossible for you. You are Hallelujah. a God beyond impossibility. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. You are the God beyond impossibilities. And we thank you, oh God. And we pray over our audience tonight, oh God, that they yeah. have a more consecrated life to you. If there are any new believers that's listening to this message, Father God, you take a hold of their heart's desire and that their desire be to have that consecrated life that you desire for them. Because there are yeah. so many rewards in this consecrated life. And I want each and every one of them to begin to experience the many rewards, the many manifestations of your works that they will witness through this consecrated life. When you live a consecrated life, you get to witness the hand of God, not just on your life, but on many other people's lives as well. You begin, you get to witness his manifestation, his works, glory to God, his power at work in the earth. You get it. You get to witness that our God is a very real God, very alive God, very powerful, very mighty God right now today, very present in all of our circumstances and all of our situations, very right now, very with you at all times. Hallelujah. And if there be anybody that's listening to this broadcast that are not saved, at the beginning of the broadcast, I gave the plan of salvation, oh God. I pray that you will believe it. Believe that Jesus died for you. Believe that God sent him for you to pay the penalty of death that you would not have to die eternal death. Believe it and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And according to the word of God, if you believe, he and the Father will come and sup with you. They will make their abode with you. They will come and abide within you, hallelujah, by the spirit of the Holy Ghost. The Father made a promise in the Old Testament to send his spirit, to send his spirit to abide within you. And Jesus came to make it possible for that promise to be fulfilled. And when Jesus left the earth to go back to be with the Father, he said he had to go. He had to go that the comforter would be able to come. Jesus had to leave the earth, but he didn't leave us comfortless. He sent the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to live with you, who is here to comfort you, 
who is here to lead you and guide you into all truth? Is it here to be your strength when you feel like you are strengthless? To be hope when you feel hopeless? To revive you and rejuvenate you when you feel like you've come to the end and you can't take another step? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Believe it and receive it. And begin your journey with God. Every morning when you wake up, say, good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Help me to begin my day with you. Help me to walk out this day arm in arm with you, being led by you. And teach me how to walk this walk with you. It's a walk of faith. And if you pray that with a sincere heart, I guarantee you, he will not leave you void or empty. He will help you to walk with him. He will lead you to a ministry that you can plan in where the word will be sown into your life on a regular basis and you can grow and mature in him and you can fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you believe that and if you um, confess that the G- that the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior and confess that you believe, confess it with your mouth as you believe it in your heart. According to the word of God, you are saved. And he will lead you of where church to go to, to get planted in where you can be fed on a regular basis the word of God. And if you don't have a Bible, go buy one. Go get a Bible. Look through the Bibles and try to get one that's easier for you to read. And as you open that Bible and sit down to read it, just say, Holy Spirit, teach me what the word is trying to tell me. I want to know God in a real way. I want to know him right now in my everyday circumstances, situations, and he'll be right there for you. Glory to God. And he will connect you with a church body, with brothers and sisters. You have an extremely large family all over the world. But he will connect you with a smaller group that you can fellowship with and you can begin to grow and mature in your walk with God. I love you. Ella loves you. Have a God night. Have a God day. Have a God week. Have a God month. Have a God year as we enter 2016. Be blessed by his truth and meet us here next Saturday night at 11 p.m. as we share a little bit more about our Lord, our Savior, the Word, the Holy Spirit, or or in our Father. Ella, you can have yes. words. Word alive. That's what we're that, that's what we're Introducing to a deeper level that the light of the word becomes your meat and drink. For the Lord said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. So as children of the living God, just hear his voice. So you can stay in a place so you can hear him and follow him. God loves you with an everlasting love, and we love you, and may God keep the smiling on you and create that hunger and thirst for his right before we shall be filled. It is the heart of the creator. God loves you. We love you. And good night, all. God night. God night, sister. God night, Ella.